Hey, what's up, guys? This is Zach Like here, and you're listening to the one, the only, the Kings of the Ring, home of the Diamond Donny Gold, baby. Woo! Let's get it, boys! You're listening to the Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. Welcome to your favorite monthly wrestling series, Kings of the Ring, a fictionalized and romanticized retelling of the 1980s wrestling wars following the rise and fall of the power brokers of the sport, while offering a peek into the sex, drugs, and muscles lifestyle of the 80s wrestler and the sacrifices they make for success. Hope you enjoyed the bonus recap episode number 39 and a half, Charlie and Julian, an episode that also drives home the consistent uh, irony of the Kingverse. In the ring, it's very black and white who the faces and heels are. But outside the ring, behind the curtain, it is nothing but shades of gray. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated TV 14 for profanity and drug use. Two episodes in a row with no mature content? What a ripoff! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the season finale of Kings of the Ring. <laughs> to appear at Empire Mania 2? Uh, listen, Julian, it's not that you rejected my offer to be your champion. It's not that you put Sylvester Stallone in the first Empire Mania. It's not that the newspapers are calling the EWF racist. It's the fact that you are putting your show in Milwaukee. I'm the only seven-time Mr. Olympia. I'm the biggest movie star on Earth. Commando is breaking box office records all over the world. And you want me to fly to Laverne and Shirley's apartment? Do you know what Milwaukee is to me? It's the place I empty the toilets of my private jet when I'm flying to New York. Call me back when you put Empire Mania in Hollywood. And don't waste my time. King to the Ring, episode 40, Empire Mania 2. It's Christmas at the Gotch House, and the spirit is alive with everyone except Charlie himself. With Chivas Regal in hand, Charlie Gotch sits back on his lazy boy in the den, almost catatonic, while his wife and their son Nellie and his wife and kids open their Christmas presents. Can I open the drapes to look at the snow? Charlie's least favorite grandson asks. Hey, good idea, son. It's too dark and dreary in here. The old man stirs. Hey. Nellie's seven-year-old son starts walking towards the curtains. Nellie, stop your damn kid. He's gonna ruin another Christmas. Why? What's the problem? I said leave it. The boy pulls the curtains all the way open, revealing the beautiful icy lake in the backyard of their cabin as the snow sprinkles down. And with all the leaves gone, the view to the distant highway is clear, along with a giant billboard that reads, Empire Mania 2, Live in Milwaukee. Oh, uh, sorry, Dad. Uh, uh, we're gonna go. You know, first show with Shark and Buzzsaw's baby faces tonight. Take that damn kid with you. Beaming with pride, Hercules Harris in a flashy new suit with wide shoulders, looking like Morris Day in Purple Rain, along with a sharp and clean fedora sits with his parents in the dining room of the Polaris restaurant on the top floor of the Hyatt Regency in Milwaukee across the street from the Mecca Arena, site of Empire Mania 2. Oh my, this is so fancy! 
See, mama? The whole restaurant rotates and spins. Only the best for you. Oh, dear Lord. I hope we don't go flying out into the street. <laughs> no, mama, it ain't that fast, but these are the kind of places you eat when you the main event. Come on, Pop, dig in that lobster. There's caviar in champagne, too. This ain't my kind of food, son. But I guess I'm too distracted by the NAACP protesters across the street down there. Mm-hmm. Come on, Pop. I don't even know if you can see it from underneath that hat. You look like a pimp. I have to cover up my face. Uh, people can't see me looking like a normal guy. So I'd cover my face up if I were you, too. Mama, make him stop. I mean, you gotta make me understand. Why you changed to... Shaka Zulu or whatever your name is. It's how the EWF works. Uh, Julian Kane makes you brand new again. Who's wrong with Hercules Harris? Oh yes, I was so proud to tell my friends a bingo about my son, Hercules Harris. Wrestling all over the South. Well, you can be even prouder, Mama, because I'm wrestling all over the country now. From uh, New York to LA to Chicago. I'm supposed to be proud of some mute from Africa in a dime stole costume. Hercules drops his knife and fork on the plate and sits back. Last Thanksgiving, your mother and me, we, we drove up to Greensboro. I had tears in my eyes watching 20,000 people chanting Hercules Harris. And now look at you. You carry a spear, led around by a chain and some white man. I've never been chained up, Pop. Besides, none of this is real. It's more like a, a living cartoon. I spoke with Brother James, president of the Midwest chapter of the NAACP, leading this protest. And the threats and racist slurs these wrestling fans thrown out to them are certainly real. What's real is, is I'm in the main event against Thor Hansen in the biggest match in the history of wrestling. Me, your son, I made it to the top. This what you consider making it? More than just being in the main event, I got power in this company. I even had one of the other wrestlers, Deshaun Brown, fired because he... Uh, he pissed me off. Now you're proud because you got some brother fired? Isn't he the one who trained you? I, I didn't mean it like that. Son, we don't care about money or power. It's what's on the inside. And it's bad enough fans have to pretend that you ain't Hercules Harris and that they bought and sold you like a slave. But the cherry on top is going to be when that seven foot blonde haired white boy stands over you with his foot on your chest for the millions of little black kids. Oh, Reginald, can we just enjoy this dinner? Your son invited us out in this fancy restaurant that spins in a circle. And even though I'm already dizzy... What if I won the belt tomorrow night? Would that make you proud? Well, that would be pretty special, son. Why, you'd be the first ever black world champion. Even Bad Bad Leroy Brown couldn't do that. Are you gonna win it? I can't talk about nothing, but, uh... Well, but just watch and see, okay? Well then, uh, pass me the butter. Let's see what this lobster and caviar is all about. We're gonna celebrate. At the Memorial Auditorium in Spartanburg, South Carolina, the fortunes have turned for SCW. The arena's a lot emptier these days, with morale down in the locker room, and suddenly they hear a loud crash and see a man they haven't seen in weeks. Grace, Grace, get your attention, please. The wrestlers turn around and see Donnie Gold walking with a cane. Donnie, you're on your feet. Yes, I am, brother. But there are bigger things going on than me walking. It's been a difficult and trying year for Donnie. And I'm not even talking about my back or my legs. I'm talking about here and here. 
Donnie points to his head and his heart. I just got back from the Indian Reservation in Oklahoma, where Waylon Thorpe is from. I met his father and chief of the tribe, and I had an awakening inside me that was face to face with the, the self-centered jerk that screwed over some of the guys in here, other people in the business, my family, and ultimately got Waylon Thorpe killed. My broken back was the least that my punishment should have been. And I want you all to know, I'm sorry. The SCW wrestlers listened to every word, never hearing Donnie talk like this before. I can't change what happened in that plane crash, but I can't spend my life trying to make amends to Waylon's family and his tribe with all that I get to give. And if one day I can make it back to the ring, I want to pay tribute to Waylon by using his favorite move, the patented tomahawk chop. Some of the wrestlers get teary-eyed. I'm going to be reaching out to a lot of people who stuck their necks out for me and finding ways to show my appreciation. But for now, I just want to say to everybody, thanks for making me look good every time we were in the ring. And I love you all. The wrestlers surround Donnie and hug him, all except Miss Kitty, was off to the side, wiping tears from her eyes, while her husband, beautiful Barry Lovelace, glares at her. Jesus Christ, would you look at you? What? As she wipes her eyes. It's bad enough the boy snickering behind my back about your trip to Oklahoma with Donnie. Barry, that trip was about Waylon. We were with his tribe the whole time. Kitty, I don't mind the chatter. I don't. It's nothing new. It happens every locker room I've been in. People wonder why someone looks like you. It's with me. But I never cared, because I always knew that you loved me. But ever since you got back, shit ain't the same. I mean, just look at you now, watching Donnie talk. I can't even remember the last time you looked at me like that. What are you talking about? You in love with him, ain't you? Harry, please. Catherine, you look me in the eye and tell me you're not in love with Donnie. She looks at her husband and asks herself that very same question. Is she in love? Too long, Kitty. No, the answer is no. Barry storms off. Barry, come back here. Fuck you. Barry! In the Milwaukee Mecca locker room, Buddy walks over to the young Canadian from Calgary, Brian Lovejoy, who has a suitcase on hand, always ready to work if asked. Brian, you're working the opener with Michael tonight. I don't mind being the curtain jerker. The payoff should be good for Empire Mania, too. Just do what you do, make Michael look good, and who knows? Julian told me he'll be watching. Thanks, buddy. You know, my father had heat with Charlie Gotch for a long time, but always had good things to say about you. I worked quite a few shows for your father. We always ate good when Hollywood Buddy Melrose was in town. I remember this one time at the Saddle Dome. You were working the Mongolian maniac and he had that gimmick where he talked to his cane. As they're talking, Buddy sees Julian and Thor Hansen talking to Dr. Bilson, who he's already been suspicious of, and sees Thor hand the doctor an envelope of cash, then Bilson hands him a box of syringes and other vials, while Julian pats them both on the back. You and Thor used to team in AMW, didn't you? What? Uh, oh yeah, uh, I was working on turning a baby face, but you know, Charlie, he's stubborn in his old ways. By the time we talked Charlie into it, Julian already stole it. I mean, Thor had jumped to the Empire. So you guys are pretty close. Uh, yeah, I guess.
10,000 fans packing the Mecca in Milwaukee become unglued as they are welcomed by David Lander from hit sitcom Laverne and Shirley. Hello. And welcome to Empire Media too. Jesus Christ, Nigel, is it that bad? Julian Kane and Nigel Davies look around at the EWF fans from the arena floor. I'm afraid so, Julian. There are no celebrities anywhere near Milwaukee and no one would fly in, even first class. It was a miracle we got him. Fucking Squiggy. You couldn't even get Lenny. Ever since Spinal Tap, he's been unreachable. No fans or not even settle for Poxy. Our only celebrity is fucking Squiggy. Listen to the fans. Squiggy is as over as anyone. Milwaukee loves the Levin and Shirley program. Yeah, just what I want the history books to show. The biggest pop of the night was for fucking Squiggy. Brilliant job, Nigel. Julian walks away as David Lander is in the ring with greased hair and a leather jacket doing all of his antics with the crowd in the palm of his hand. Brian Lovejoy, with his brown curly hair, warms up for his match while Michael Angel, already numb, finishes another beer. You okay, Michael? Yeah, just shaking up nerves. Hard to believe it was a year ago when... You and Diamond Tony Gold tore the house down at Madison Square Garden. That match was legendary. Yeah. So, uh, it's a real honor to work with you tonight. You know, and kick off Empire Mania too. Yeah, uh, can't wait. Michael stumbles to his feet. I think this is the first time our families have ever wrestled. We each have such incredible legacies, our families. Uh, so many expectations to live up to. I think about that pressure every day. Michael washes down a couple of pills with a new beer, spilling on his stomach, which is becoming more of a pot belly than a washboard. My dad can't recall if he ever wrestled Bert Ironside before. Yeah, just shut up. Just go. I'm going over with elbow. Oh, okay. Hey, jeez. You sure you're okay to work? Fuck off. Michael stumbles past Brian Lovejoy and takes a deep breath to perk himself up. <laughs> As Killian Cavanaugh walks in with his Halliburton, all smiles with shades on and a suit, Hercules ambushes him. King, let me talk to you for a minute. Hoi, big man. You ready for the main event of all main events? Yeah, come here. He pulls Killian aside to a corner away from the other wrestlers. Killian, uh, you're the best at playing the game and getting what you want. How do I convince the office to give me the bell? Hoi, Hercules. That's a pretty tall order. Towards the golden boy. And Julian's making Empire Mania his showcase. There's nothing you can say to convince him. Dang it. I just said you can't convince Julian. It don't mean he won't do it. If he don't have a choice. What are you talking about, Killian? Threaten to walk out. What? I can't do that. Sure you can. You just say, give me the fucking belt, or I'm walking me black arts right out through the crowd. So every fan in fucking Milwaukee sees me. Hercules gulps as he tries to picture himself doing that. Those NAACP fuckers been protesting outside this arena for two days. It's all over the news. If you walk out now, kill the match, it'll look like the NAACP won. And that Julian and the AWF caved into the pressure. He'd never want that. At the same time, if you win the belt, it sort of shuts the NAACP up. I mean, Black winning the belt would be a big deal. Hercules starts nodding his head. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I love you, Herc. I can't just wind you up just to watch the train crash. This is a big move. If you threaten Julian and he don't buy your bluff, you're fired on the spot. 
I'm probably done with the business. Butter and Donnie, the entire alliance fucking hates us. You see Incorporal Punishment crawled back to Atlanta, and Daniel Hawkins told him to fuck off. Little Danny Hawkins did that. That's how much we're despised. Empire or nothing for us, mate. Julian Kane is waiting in the back as a sweaty Brian Lovejoy walks with Hollywood buddy Melrose and Les Anderson after the match. I can only do so much, guys. I can't literally carry a fucking broomstick. Julian and a concerned Nigel stand there. What the fuck was that? Les Henderson shaking his head. His Michael. He passed out in the ring. He's fucking drunk and high. I managed to catch him and made it look like he cradled me for a pin and sold it like we knocked heads and knocked each other out. Buddy Melrose jumps in. Yeah, I saw that, Brian. Uh, quick thinking. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, you may have saved us, Brian. I don't think anyone figured out what was really going on, but it looked good. We got lucky, Julian. Michael shouldn't have been out there. With two security guards under each arm, Michelangelo is dragged to the locker room, barely coherent. Hey, guys. Let's finish. Julian is furious and looks at Nigel. We have enough bad publicity as it is. Last thing we need is someone who can't handle their drugs. When he sobers up, you tell him he's fired. Julian, please. Michael just needs help. I'll take him to the Betty Ford Clinic. I don't care where he goes, but he's not coming back here. But don't let him leave the arena until all media has left. Find Dr. Bilson and stick him in a corner somewhere. Julian stomps off into the locker room. With Michelangelo propped up in a corner after Dr. Bilson gives him a shot to revive him, Hercules Harris approaches Julian, who already looks pissed off as he looks at Michael, shaking his head. Uh, Julian, you got a minute? Whoa, what's going on with Michael? Michelangelo proved to be far more trouble than he's worth, so I fired him. Thank God I have you, Mabutu. You're the only one left I can count on to simply play ball and accept the glorious rewards the Empire gives you. Now, what do you want? Uh, I want to talk to you about my match with Thor. Um, what would you think about me going over tonight? I know there's money in rematches if you win by count-out or disqualification, but between closed circuit and this new pay-per-view, this will be our biggest audience in history. I want Thor to go over clean. Julian pats Hercules on the shoulder as he walks away. I mean me going over clean on Thor. Julian stares at Hercules. And I'm the new champ. <laughs> Good one, Mabutu. That's hilarious. I needed that break in the tension. Thanks for that. Mabutu Zulu is our world champion. <laughs> Julian turns away as he's joined by Les Henderson and Louis the Greek. Well, what about Hercules Harris is your world champion? Julian stops and turns back. NAACP is hounding us for the Mobutu Zulu gimmick. How about I come out tonight as me, Hercules Harris, and I beat Thor in the ring to be the first ever black world heavyweight champion. The Empire Wrestling Federation will make history. Julian Kane will make history. Kings of the Ring will be back after these messages. <laughs> I'm Don Keogh, president of the Coca-Cola Company. When we brought you the new taste of Coke, we knew that millions would prefer it, and millions do. And we knew that it would beat the taste of our major competitor, and it does. What we didn't know was how many thousands of you would phone and write asking us to bring back the classic taste of original Coca-Cola. Well, we read, 
and we listened, and you know the rest. They're both yours, the new taste of Coke and Coca-Cola Classic. Your right of choice is back. I'll have a Coke. Sure, stranger, which one? Just Coke. Well, there's lots of them. You see, the old Coke is the old Coke before it became your new Coke. The new Coke is the one that used to be your old Coke, which became your new improved Coke. Except for your classic Coke, which is really the old Coke, but now that's your new Coke. You know what I mean? Just give me the one you like best. That's easy. Pepsi. Now more than ever, Pepsi, the choice of a new generation. Better ask. We now return to Kings of the Ring. And I beat Thor in the ring to be the first ever black world heavyweight champion. The Empire Wrestling Federation will make history. Julian Kane will make history. You're funnier than Eddie Murphy, Mabuju. It was hilarious. But this is a special match. Let's go 20 minutes instead of the usual. Louis, you have a finish? Yes, uh, we get Thor and I explain. They walk away as Hercules is humiliated. Or I could just walk out. What did you just say? Uh, nothing. <laughs> that kid is funnier than I realized. What if we can start adding some comedy to his kid? Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> this kid. And while it seems like the world revolves around the Empire on this night, down in Dallas, Texas, at All South Wrestling, Apollo Samson stares at the format sheet with the list of matches taped to the wall in the locker room as he prepares to wrestle his first ever steel cage match against his own personal tormentor, Rick Sawyer. You look scared shitless, kid. No, I'm not. I know the look of fear. I can smell it all over you like that pansy-ass hairspray you put on your head. As you should, because you don't belong here. Bullshit. I have every right as anyone else. See, that's where you're wrong. You and all your meathead friends. You're no different than Thor Hansen or any of them assholes in New York. With your blown up beach boy muscles, your pretty hair, taking our spots. Apollo looks down at the stocky brick Sawyer, his messy brown hair, scruffy beard, doughy body, and hairy chest. The spots of real men. They say the writing's on the wall for us. That the pumped up Nancy boys like you are gonna take over. I say, over my dead body. When we get in that ring tonight, I'm gonna make sure there's one less pansy like you in the wrestling business. Brick adjusts one last piece of tape around his wrists, revealing the many razor blades sticking out. Get ready to bleed, cause your boy Shark and Buzzsaw ain't gonna save you this time. He slaps his butt and walks away as Apollo runs to the bathroom to throw up. and everybody go home happy. Sounds good, Louis. As Louis the Greek is done giving Thor and Mobutu Zulu their finish, Herc slinks away back to his area while Julian signals to Nigel and they surround Thor. Nigel heard through the grapevine you were offered a movie part. Yeah, but uh, I didn't say yes yet. Well, um, the problem is Nigel had nothing to do with this. I know. I was approached by an agent. He thinks he can find all kinds of work for me. Says I could be the new Schwarzenegger. Well, that's gonna be a problem. You can't have Nigel working for you and some other agent. Well, my guy says Nigel ain't doing enough. I beg your pardon. I just mean, you know, you got a lot in your plate, right, Nigel? Thor, uh, the bottom line is, this needs to remain 
in-house. Julian signals Nigel, who pulls out a contract from his briefcase. I need you to sign this. It's a contract that says we are officially representing you in your acting pursuits, as we can manage your wrestling schedule with the acting gigs. After all, we can't have our world champion randomly disappearing. Did that already happen with Lubboat and Rambo? If I don't have control of your wrestling and acting schedule, this is going to be a problem. I may need to look for someone who won't- Are you threatening to take the strap off of me? You put two years into this. We built the Empire into a juggernaut behind me. It's my face on those billboards and those t-shirts. Julian can't believe what Thor is saying. Thor, just read it over and sign it. Remember, Rambo is what put your star on the map. It took all of my connections to secure that part for you. Your sleazy agent operating out of its trunk did not. Alright guys, don't have a cow. I'll think about it. Thor walks away as Julian and Nigel give each other the can you believe this guy look. Apollo Samson nervously paces around, checking the cyclone fence that surrounds the ring. Rick Sawyer's in the opposite corner, looking at him like a lion watching a gazelle. As the referee clamps a padlock to the chain, shutting the cage door, Apollo walks over to him. Hey, Bart, just keep an eye on Brick, okay? Ooh. Casey, tries anything. Take it easy, kid. Brick will take care of you. Let's go. They circle each other and lock up, in a spot where Apollo usually throws his opponent off with ease to display his strength. Instead, Rick most tells it and gets in his face. Got you right where I want you. Just you and me alone. Gotta find out what kind of man you are. Apollo looks to the ref for anything, and he just looks back. Come on, let's go. Hercules sits near his locker in his underwear ready to dress, thinking about everything. His father, his mother, his old high school girlfriend, the guy he came here with, Tommy Aloha, and thinks about Julian Kane and Jack Trades, Greensboro, Jesse James, Deshaun Brown. He looks at his entire Mobutu Zulu costume on a hanger, all laid out waiting for him, but then he looks at his old Hercules Harris singlet still in his duffel bag, and then he looks at the exit door. I'll see you at the curtain. Herc looks up and sees his manager, Jack Trades. This is big time now. Don't fuck it up, boy. After several minutes of more slow stalling, as Apollo keeps throwing Brick off and circling, the crowd is getting restless. Can't keep this up all night, kid. Apollo finally gets on a headlock. He waits for the spot for Brick to throw him off, then drop down the tackle. But instead, Brick reaches down and grabs Apollo's scrotum and squeezes hard. Apollo pushes him off and Brick smiles. That's one. Apollo immediately turns to the cage and nudges the referee out of the way. Had enough of the shit. And climbs straight up the ropes to the top of the cage and swings over the top to the floor and walks out. Satisfied with the hot crowd for their main event, Burt Ironside and Peyton Thomas walk back to the locker room. My old investments have been riding high. Apollo's proven himself a legitimate draw. 1985 ended up being a good year after all. And the bottom line is, we don't need the alliance. See the advance for the Louisiana shows? Ooh, baby. Peyton, it's time we start expanding our syndication. Look at this. What are you doing here? 
guys just started. What happened to finish? What? Are you crying? I'm sorry, bro. I can't work with that maniac. What? You a wrestler, ain't you? Not anymore. Apollo walks right to his gym bag, picks it up, and walks straight out the door. It is now time for the main event of Empire Mania 2! Coming to the ring from the darkest parts of Africa, he weighed in at three zebras and a goat, Mobutu Zulu! The jam-packed Mecca looks around for Mobutu Zulu, but nothing, until Jack Trades walks out alone. His manager from Westchester County, New York, Handsome Jack Trades. Give me that. All of you runts in TV land and in Milwaukee, get ready for your hero, Thor Hansen, to get crushed by my monster, my beast. I give you Mabutu Zulu. Mobutu Zulu is here, apparently taking a little longer to tame this wild beast. Harris walks out in his full Mobutu Zulu glory. As manager Jack Trades removes the mask, he shows us a face we've never seen before. Instead of the mindless buffoon, he is completely stoic, devoid of emotion, just with complete dead eyes. As now and forever, Hercules Harris is gone. And his opponent from Venice Beach, California, weighing 302 pounds, he is the BWF World Heavyweight Champion, the American Viking, Thor Harris steps out of the shower slowly, like a zombie walks back to his gear as he towels off, his face still as Julian Kane walks straight by him right to Thor and hands him his Empire Mania check personally, high-fiving the American Viking as the others congratulate Thor. Here you go, Mabutu. He doesn't make a noise as he turns to Hendo. Really blew us away out there, brother. That new look of uh, intensity. It's like your whole world just crashed down on you, and there ain't a shred of humanity left. What a great gimmick. As Hendo leaves, Hercules stuffs the check away, not even noticing it's bigger than the check Killian showed him from last year. Jack Trades comes back. Hey, great match, brother. I, uh, I'm sorry I called you boy earlier. I don't care. No, no, it's okay. I just I gotta get used to that, you know, different times. I mean it. I genuinely don't care. Call me boy, call me animal, call me slave. It's all just the work. 
Laugh. It's all just a work. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see you in Detroit for the first rematch, kid. Heard we're already sold out. Harris puts on his shorts and walks straight to Dr. Bilson, who's completely surprised to see him approach. Mabutu, uh, were you injured? I didn't see anything. No, Doc. I just... need something. I don't know how to explain. Don't worry, son. The doctor's got just what you need. As Killian is cleaned up with his suit and shades on, ready to hit the town, he walks over to pick up his old pal. Ready yet? Well, drinking tonight for the Tarzan Kid. Oh. He looks around and spots Hercules in the same corner Michelangelo was in, and frowns as he sees his old friend lean back against the wall, eyes closed, zoning out. Here's your payoff, Thor. What a match. What great chemistry you two have. Thanks, Julian. And about that acting contract you gave to me? You once told me what I'd do outside the ring only makes me bigger in the Empire. So I think it's in my best interest not to sign. Thor walks away as Julian sees him slipping away. Empire Wrestling Federation has taken over the Hyatt Regency Bar, and Hollywood buddy Melrose celebrates his first Empire Mania, drinking with Thor Hansen. Congratulations, Eric. I felt very proud watching you at the ring tonight with Mabutu. It was just a couple years ago you were my tag team partner in Milwaukee. You were trying so hard to convince Charlie to let you be this. I'll always appreciate you for that, buddy. But I want to thank you for advising me on that contract Julian wanted me to sign. Yeah, I've done enough stunt work in movies to know that contract wasn't right. And your agent would tell you the same thing. To sign over those chunks of your pay to the EWF? That doesn't jive with the Screen Actors Guild at all. And I'm a little disturbed that he even tried to make you do it. Yeah, Julian's like that. Just used to it, I guess. Well, it's not the first thing I've seen Julian do that's caught my eye since I've been here. He's doing a lot of things he shouldn't be doing. Wow, thanks for trusting me with that. What do you mean? Trusting I wouldn't stooge you out to Julian? <laughs> well, of course you wouldn't, Eric. Right? Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, but, but what are you talking about? You gonna split and go back to Charlie? No, no. Just the opposite. I want to make things right for the boys. Oh. Julian Kane has made the Empire bigger than ever, making more money than the entire alliance combined. But just like the athletes of the NFL, NBA, and the Actors Union have rights, the wrestlers have rights too. And I think it's about time we organized. At the Sac and Fox Tribal Reservation in Oklahoma, the chief, Waylon Thorpe Sr., stands in the center of their dilapidated community center, surrounded by crumbling houses, opens an envelope and pulls out a check, and his jaw drops as he closes his eyes and speaks a silent prayer. In a small town outside of Charlotte, Mrs. Thorpe cries tears of joy as all of she and Wayland's children open more Christmas presents than they've ever seen. 
and Wayland's widow reads a letter from the bank explaining this same check amount will be delivered every month. Donnie Gold pulls up to Jesse James Ranch outside of Atlanta where the outlaw in a gray t-shirt, jeans, and cowboy boots is on his porch in a rocking chair, dabbing his forehead with a handkerchief and spitting tobacco into an empty can of Stroh's. The morning chores are done, I'm spent, and Diamond Donny Gold is at my doorstep. Donnie steps up slowly with his cane. Happy New Year, brother. How's it, Donnie? I feel like I haven't seen you in a month of Sundays. I was just about to have me some apple pie. Would you like some? The new things Jesse already ate. I just want to apologize in person for bolting for New York last year, leaving you in the lurch. Let me stop you there, Donnie. You already cut this promo when you came back from the Empire. Did I? I can't even keep track anymore. Jesse walks inside his house. That's ancient history. Now sit a spell. I'll get the apple pie. He comes back with a large mason jar filled with golden liquid like apple juice. I thought you were getting apple pie. I did. Moonshine. About the only good thing Raylan Crenshaw had to contribute to the Super Bowl of wrestling. Jesse pours some out into two glasses. How'd that even go? What's next? Nothing's next. That little gathering was a goat rodeo if I ever saw one. Donnie takes a swig. Whew, this is really strong. Charlie Gotts didn't even show up. Uh, Nelly appointed himself head booker. His guys turned a match into a shoot with Brick and Tiger. And after that, he had no idea. Well, Jesse grits his teeth after he sips his apple pie. We don't need the Alliance to do what I want to do. You know them boys? Uh, the Russians, Bo Riggs, Apollo, the Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm the one who discovered them up in that shithole bar up in Wisconsin and broke them in the business. They all went and became big stars for the other territories. But I'm fixing to start bringing them all back to me. They would be big. They worked with Apollo, a lot of big time potential. Yeah, well that brings me to SCW's biggest problem. With my current, uh, predicament, we need baby faces. Now, other than the youngin' Bo Riggs, the biggest baby face we got right now is you. You should see the letters the fans been mailing in. We got bags of who. I'm not even sure he'll be able to wrestle. Uh, hush now, Donnie. If you can walk, you can wrestle. I'll make sure of it. <laughs> okay, coach. Uh, the problem is, uh, I can't work baby face. Well, I got a plan that I might change your mind. It'll fix you and me all in one shot. Okay, I'm all ears. Let me pour you another glass. By the time we finish this jar of apple pie, we'll have 1986 all booked out. <laughs> Nelly bounces his way backstage, thrilled at the largest St. Paul crowd they've had since Goliath, all because of his personal pet project, the Apocalypse. Hello, Sin. Dad, you're here. And you don't smell like a bottle of scotch. Are you back now? Yes. I still don't get those guys, but, uh, but I'm willing to cede more to you, Nelly. With one condition. That means so much to hear you say that. And I have other ideas. The good news is, 
We don't need the rest of the Alliance. These gate receipts prove that. Fuck Jesse. Fuck Bert. All of them. But what's your condition? The condition is who target number one is. Because in 1986, I have one goal and one goal alone. To take back the Midwest and destroy Julian Kane or die trying. Julian Kane stands in the upper tiers of the Mecca Arena as the fans are gone and the production crews remove the final remnants of Empire Mania 2 when Nigel Davies finds them. You're going to the after party at the Hyatt. I have somewhere else to be. My limo's waiting. Well, how did you think Empire Mania 2 went? It was spectacular. Mabuchu was like a man possessed. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. You didn't? Well, it's met all expectations, made Thor a bigger star. I just feel you left a considerable amount of money on the table. I, I don't understand why we're in a small market like- Don't worry, Nigel. This was not a business decision. It was purely about revenge. And I meant to feel good about that? No. I'm rest assured I won't be using Empire Mania to enact my revenge again. Are you sure? I've already made a decision on that. Empire Mania 3 will be in Hollywood. Ah, that's more like it. The Forum or the Sports Arena? You're so worried about maximizing ticket sales. Don't you think those two arenas are too small? They're NBA arenas, they're not small at all. The Rose Bowl or the Olympic Coliseum? A stadium? Oh. That is ambitious. Can Thor Hansen move 100,000 tickets? I'm not sure. But 1986 is going to be about two things. Finding the opponent that can fill a stadium against Thor Hansen, and obliterating Charlie Gotch. Well, as long as your priorities are in order. I'm serious, Nigel. The vaunted Super Bowl of Wrestling was a nothing. Daniel Hawkins, always finding ways to blow it. Diamond Donnie Gold crippled for life. Jesse James a pariah. Burt Ironside's number one babyface just walked out in the middle of a match. And Charlie Gotch is barely breathing. So I need to finish him off once and for all. Oh, God. He's beaten. You've beaten everyone. You are the king of the ring. Can't you see that you've already won? But life isn't about winning. We see the night in St. Louis, 1984, when Crusher Krawcheck pointed a gun at Julian Kane in front of the entire EWF locker room, and Julian pissed himself. The only lesson of value I ever learned from my father was the best lesson. Plant the seeds and watch them work for you. Wait in the weeds for your opportunity. As long as it takes. Julian Kane in Crusher Krawcheck's old living room, looking at the remaining picture frames on the walls, the stains where Crusher's furniture stood for decades, and him pissing all over it. Marty, the real estate investor, stuffs a check into his inside pocket and leaves. Behind him, Julian spinning in a circle around Crusher's living room, pissing everywhere. I win, not because it's my goal. I win because I go to the lengths that no one else will to see my enemies suffer. Julian grins as he pulls away in his limo, a wrecking ball crashing on Crusher Krawcheck's roof behind him. Julian passes Crusher and his wife, driving to their old house. He rolls his window down and tips his head to Crusher, who rips his tie off in horror, 
seeing his house being destroyed. Julian steps out of his limo onto a slushy parking lot of a tavern that looks strangely familiar. He enters the rough-looking working-class bar that is mostly empty. Last call, pal. Wisconsin Law shuts us down at 2.30. Julian Kane looks up and is taken aback at the long-haired bartender, who looks like the most muscular and best-looking movie star he's ever seen. Looks like I'm in the right place. I beg your pardon? I'll have a cutty in water. Julian drops a hundred dollar bill. You got it. There used to be a group of guys who worked here. They all became wrestlers, right? Yeah, Apollo, Samson, Buzzsaw, Riggs, all of them. You another wrestling fan? No, oh, I'm just a curious businessman. But someone who looks like you can't just be a bartender. Well, I'm a part-time stuntman in Hollywood and a former Golden Gloves boxing champ. But my real passion is martial arts and kickboxing which takes me out to Asia a lot. Uh, my name is Vance Armstrong, if you follow martial arts at all. Wow, you're about 6'4", you look like a model, talk like a DJ, can't see an ounce of fat on you, could kick anybody's ass on the planet, and you look so athletic, I bet you could do a backflip, right? <laughs> yes, I can, actually. It's all part of being disciplined mentally, which also means I'm strict. No drugs, no booze. Good God. You're the ultimate package. So why didn't you go with the other guys to become a wrestler? I'm guessing you don't even like- I would've loved to. Those fucking assholes ditched me. <laughs> well, Vance Armstrong, looks like it's your lucky day. What? Did Julian just solve the Thor problem and find the greatest prospect from the entire meat machine? Did Apollo Samson just quit the business? Did beautiful Barry Lovelace just dump Miss Kitty? Did Hercules Harris take Michael Angel's spot in the Empire Drug Zombie Squad? Now that he's fired, what happens to Michael Angel? Is Hollywood buddy Melrose hinting at the U-word? Will Jesse James' big plan for himself and Diamond Donnie Gold actually work this time? Will Brian Lovejoy finally get a push? Will anyone actually listen to Brian Lovejoy without daydreaming about something else? Can Julian find someone to main event the stadium with Thor to sell 100,000 tickets? Can the Alliance members really succeed without each other? And who will win as Charlie and Julian have both vowed to erase each other from the planet? You'll get the answers to all of these questions when King to the Ring returns with Season 5. A special thanks to our Season 4 guest voices, RJ City, Cyrus Fees, and Evan Ginsberg, and to our patrons, and everyone who ever liked, retweeted, posted, commented, rated, or ever said a kind word about wrestling's first audio drama series. Also thanks to the Mana Sports Media editing team, supporting voice actors, and production crew who never like to be singled out. Like previous years, if you sign up for Patreon, you are paying for that initial sign-up fee of a few bucks but you will remain a patron for the entire off-season for free. That's right, you won't be billed after that first one. You will remain a patron until the Season 5 premiere, so take advantage to hear the full extended versions of Season 4 and Season 3 as well, 
plus all the breaking kayfabe easter eggs and analysis, revealing all the inspirations and backstories from all the referenced events in the story. And follow us on social media for all updates during the off-season, and keep an eye out for some special off-season episodes. Thank you so much, everyone, and we'll see you in 1986.